Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and I'm unfortunately without Ben Slinger today. But what we've got in, our, in his place is the Inconsolables. Andrew and Paul, welcome. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Hello, hello. Paul here. How's it going? <laughs> uh, I'm doing pretty well. I've just come back from Adelaide, so I'm a little bit tired. Uh, yeah, fair enough. And we don't need Ben. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I actually gave him a um, an option to come on board if he wanted to, and he goes, unless you want screaming kids in the background, then no. <laughs> I said, no to screaming kids. Always say no to screaming kids. So today we're going to play some click pitch, which is where we've each got a random word generator in front of us. Uh, on the count of three, two, one, we're going to click. We're each going to say our words, and then we're just going to riff on them. So let's get started. Sure. So we're pull up the word generator, and three, two. One. Click. Invocation. Fireproofing. This is where I show how good I am with words and grammar and stuff. Bell... Belligerent? Um, belligerent? Belligerent. 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 <laughs> okay. I cannot say words and... Hang on. Yeah, belligerent. There we go. Thank you, Google. <laughs> Fireproofing. Okay, so it's fireproofing invocation. invocation. And belligerent. Belligerent. Well, invocation always makes me think of wizards and magic. That's yep, just a D&D exactly where I was going. Out. So, fireproofing. Yep, so you're a wizard doing fireproofing. So, is it fireproofing for a belligerent dragon? I was thinking it might be fireproofing for a belligerent set of villagers who are upset at your experiments. Okay, cool. What's yeah, wrong? Yeah. Evil wizard. <laughs> Okay, so you play the evil wizard or you play one of the townspeople? I think you play the evil wizard because there's not enough games where you're evil, right? Okay, so it was going to be like kind of like a, I guess a, a defense game where you're um, um, maybe like sort of like Lair where you're building up defenses around your, I guess, keep or whatever you've got. That's pretty much exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking like a tower defense where you are, well, we're talking about fireproofing here, so the villagers are obviously going to be an angry mob with their pitchforks and torches. And right. oh, so... Basically a lynch mob, so they've <laughs> yeah. also got, you know, nooses and all that sort of stuff coming coming towards you. So, 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 yeah, you've like got to, so you've got to try and prevent them from burning down your wizard tower. Because you're a okay, wizard, you have you, to have a tower. Yeah. And you can use different spells to, uh, instead of the typical tower defense game where, you, where you're building, like, well, towers, you, you actually enchant, um, enchant the towers or something like that, and you, you create different defensive spells. Perhaps. I mean, if you're an evil wizard and you're being lynched, then you're probably summoning undead or doing other typically evil spells. So, okay. so perhaps you have a bunch of golems and stuff. <laughs> um, a, a flesh golem called Frankenstein. Frankenstein's yes. monster. <laughs> uh, Frankenstein's monster. I guess it doesn't technically have a name. I'm going to shut up now. I'm thinking too deeply into this. Uh, we can call him Jimmy. That's fine. <laughs> Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm thinking, you know, you set up your towers and um, yep. aside from that, uh, maybe you've got a bit of Dungeon Keeper flavor to it as well. So you've got your little dudes who are mining resources for you, which will let you cast your spells to enhance your towers, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the lynch mob just gets bigger and bigger and bigger as you play, and then they start bringing in um, bringing in knights and stuff from the Lord of the Land to you know make the game tougher as you progress. 
<laughs> what I'm wondering is, is the lynch mob that originally goes in rather small, and if you kill a certain percentage of them, they start running away? Ooh, oh, that'd yeah. be cool. So a bit of a morale so, system there. So yeah. it's that sort of thing, like, we are really getting trounced, so they start running away, but if you've set up your defences good enough at the back, you know, they can all of a sudden start stopping them from running away too fast as well. So you've got that that double sort of tower defence. Yeah, so they go in both directions. Where as they come in, you can maybe lay a trap for them to come in, you know, and then totally obliterate all 100% of them and you get bonuses based on how many percent you actually destroy. That'd be cool. I'm wondering if enough of them escape, they come back with more tougher people as well. So they're going, they're going to get help rather than just running mm. for their lives. But I, I think what would be cool with a tower defense game, because quite often um, you set up certain certain tower defenses and that's your, that's your one strategy and you just keep on building on that strategy. Yeah. What if they start adapting to that strategy? Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Ooh, if, yeah. if you let them escape, it, uh, maybe it fills up a bar, um, which like, will go, okay, they'll bring in certain um, techniques to... Um, help them against certain traps at or towers that they've uh, obviously come across before. So the more you let mm. them escape, the faster oh, yeah. they adapt. And that's where the fireproofing comes into it, because you've got all these fire towers, so they start coming with massive sheets of asbestos to protect themselves. <laughs> <laughs> but but if you let too many of them escape, you know, it, it takes a couple of years in between each each sort of lynch mob and you see some sick ones that start coming through with like <laughs> respiratory problems and all that sort of stuff <laughs> yeah there we go <laughs> wow. well you brought up asbestos and i just well, yes, I immediately course. went to that <laughs> it's the only thing I think of. i've got the word fireproofing and blazing across my screen <laughs> <laughs> no I, I reckon i reckon that's actually a pretty cool game that's something that you know it's, it's never really been done before yeah. Like a tower yeah. defense game that, that, you know, normally it's kill everyone. But yeah. in this one, it can actually be a challenge to kill everyone because, you know, they actually have brains. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, they're, they're learning to adapt. And maybe if you're like sort of figuring, um, so you need to keep bringing in different towers because maybe they've got different ranges as well. So after a few generations of just using the same towers, they figure out a path where none of your towers can actually reach. And so they're just zigzagging mm-hmm. down, the, down the path. Yeah, and then they can maybe send some, um, you know, uh, one of the last levels has a good wizard that comes in and, you know, is counteracting most of the spells that you've used in the past. Okay. Uh, so yeah. sometimes you've got to, sometimes you've got to save, like, some other, some other versions of, of the towers for, for later levels so that they don't adapt to, to those particular ones. Yeah, and, per- and perhaps you've got to, like, if they're bringing in a hero unit, like a, like a wizard or a paladin or something, you've got to try and focus them to get them down first. And that would result in the morale break happening quicker as well, if you take yeah, down their boss. Um, well, we are talking about, what was it, using slaves and, and necromancy work before, so perhaps um, as we kill the villagers, we also, just to show how evil we are, we use their corpses to <laughs> yes. create We use their corpses to create more workers, which increases um, the resource collection as the game progresses. Nice. Um, yeah. And then this is also maybe how you also create um, hero classes of, of your own to help combat the other, the AI's hero classes. Ah, uh, because mm. you just like stitch together a bunch of the dudes you've killed to make this massive flesh golem of death. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. That's helping uh, show our evil, how evil our wizard is. 
Well, yeah, we've got to oh, be evil. I love it. If we're going to be evil, it. we've got to go full evil. You don't, you don't go half evil. <laughs> I, I really love it. I just love the idea of seeing that massive zombie flesh shield <laughs> right in front that takes him a while to get through. <laughs> I'm wondering if you've got to be careful how how badly you kill the enemies as well, because if you completely obliterate the um the enemy's corpses you've got nothing to reanimate perhaps mm-hmm. so you're using too much fire you burn them to ashes and you don't have any uh, guys to pick up your resources for you yeah it could be like perhaps like you got like as you're selecting you like what spells or what traps and stuff you guys set up it it tells you how destructive it is to the original corpse or to the you know to the body it is so as you said like if it's a fire spell it's going to completely destroy the outside of the body, and probably perhaps the whole body. If you overpower it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we should click again. I think so. And three, two, one, click. Ooh. Mm. Safari. A word I could say. Salting. Imperfection. Salting, okay. safari, and imperfection. That's, that's weird. Cause Salting okay, is I, the hard one. Safari and imperfection, I think, is, is kind of cool. I just hear the words safari and imperfection together and think of the um, Mac web browser. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was actually going a jungle safari. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, but, it, but, it, but it's an imperf- imperfect one. So what I was thinking is that maybe what you've got is... A jungle safari, where um, it's like a say a theme jungle safari, okay. and your whole idea is to to create the imperfect um, jungle safari. So you you're actually um, an investor who's trying to who's trying to get the park to fail. Okay, then, but for insurance purposes, or um, I like I a think producers like, kind of thing. Yeah, I, I think it's a, a producer sort of thing that um, it was sort of like a tax write-off, so he didn't have to pay as much tax for his other businesses. <laughs> yeah, fair um, enough. But but it's going it's going really well. So um, maybe to bring salt into it, you know, he he organises some groups to to go and kill some of the animals and serve them up, and therefore it's salting <laughs> <laughs> salting the meat. <laughs> See, I was, I was wondering, like, if you go, if you take a different tack with the safari path, right? Now, mm-hmm. an imperfect safari could very easily land you in a Jurassic Park with lions situation, right? Right. Yep. Love and it. So it becomes, so it becomes a survival game, and so you have to, you know, kill some game to survive, and you need to salt it to preserve it. Oh yeah. And then you've got any kind of sandbox survival stuff with lions and tigers and bears. Oh my! <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> God damn it. I was waiting for it. <laughs> if he wasn't going to do it, I was. <laughs> Someone was always going to do that. Uh, um, okay, so what gameplay elements are you are you seeing in this? Well, that's the thing. I hate survival games, so I need to make one that doesn't suck, right? So, <laughs> um, the problem with, saf- with... I was going to say the problem with safaris. The problem with um, survival games is that it always feels like you're babysitting meters as they disappear. Like you're just, oh, I'm hungry. <laughs> uh, 30 seconds later, I'm hungry again. Same with thirsty and tired. I don't think we do away with all of that, but we do need to add more to it than just kind of babysitting meters, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Um, so how about this? Safaris are quite often, you know, accompanied by hunting. Yeah. What if you've got a team of people who are the hunters and you've got the rest of the people in this particular map kind of uh player unknown but battleground style um <laughs> but they, I I they, are, going. they are people on the run from the 
basically the cannibalistic hunters who the <laughs> idea is that you if you take out someone um you know you've got They're a yours. soft meat and and s- save it so that you've you've got got some food the um the yeah. other team they've got a they've got a scavenge for for weapons which there's no actual weapons unless they can sort of kill someone with a melee weapon and they can steal say the rifle or something that the um that the hunters have got yeah so some kind of twisted almost hunger games like thing we've got like one team is went on safari but the entire thing was like a lie to lure them into this sort of death zone <laughs> where, where the hunters are trying to kill them and they just kind of surviving and looking for weapons and trying well, to, so to, to help get Bal- murdered. To help balance this out, I think um, the survivors, since they don't start off with guns, will ha- need the ability to make traps because having a team start yeah. off with guns and another team needing to kill them to get the guns, it's it easily could turn into the hunters just, you know, slaughtering the prey. That's the whole idea. You've got to be smart. Yeah, you can't well, just that, run straight up to yeah, it. Yeah, but that's why because... I suggested um, giving the ability to maybe set up traps in some way. Yeah. Distractions and... Yeah. Traps, distractions, perhaps tame some of the wildlife to annoy the crap (laughs) out of the hunters? Um, I I think what what comes into it is, and this is where sort of the imperfection comes in, um, all your characters that you you build in your character creation have to have an imperfection of some kind. Um, Uh, Ah, okay. You may have a lot of strength, but you have to actually put in that, okay, this guy's actually rather fat and slow. Um... (laughs) But he he's really strong, um, and then you can have someone else who's who's um, really really fast and slim, but not very strong. And so, yeah, what you could actually have is if you're if you're on say the hunted side, you could actually hurt one of hurt one of your your companions, trip him over or something like that, and then run. So that <laughs> <laughs> you only have to be faster than the guy next to you. Exactly. So uh, I, I kind of like that idea of rather than you know you're working together to, to try and escape. It's literally you're you're just trying to you're just trying to leave yourself. You don't care if anyone else leaves. <laughs> I feel like that's going to sort of hit the Daisy problem where it's uh, everyone kills each other and it's the hunters team always win as a result because there is a team that is just trying to kill everyone. <laughs> mm-hmm. But but you you could always team up and help. But, yeah. Um, then you're creating more noise and all that sort of stuff. Um, really, your your first ten minutes of the game is you're literally there with with, with the hunters. They let you go, and you've got like a count of twenty to get as far away as you can, <laughs> and then they start coming. And so they've got some sort of senses that if if say you're you're sneaking through the bushes, just slowly getting away, then you leave less of a track for, for yeah. say like the eagle sense. Um, Ability that the hunters get. Are you give dogs. Yes, they could always have dogs or something like that. Well, the dogs would explain how they've got the eagle thing, but then yeah. You, yeah, you need to find the river as quickly as you can. Um, yeah, but but that's the thing. If you had a randomized map every time, there might not be a river, or or it's just a randomized part of say the player online player unknown battlegrounds. Um, yeah, just drop you somewhere. But, and because there's no vehicles, there's no nothing like that. It's just. You trying to get away from everyone else. <laughs> it's just don't and die. Trying to survive yourself. <laughs> um, well, what if we? Um, I'm wondering if, what if we made the hunters AI. So. Oh yeah. Because because it, it because it feels like like it's very much stacked in the way in onto the hunters side really. So maybe combat that a bit. If the hunters were just AI, so you're dealing with bots and you're dealing with humans as well, and you probably always have enough players that have a good decent game then too. I think. Um. 
Yeah, but I think the problem is there, like, how accurate do, the, do you make them with the searching for you and all that sort yeah, of stuff? Yeah, because, like, um, and also another thing, like, humans will eventually work out the AI for the hunters eventually, you know, it will start getting boring after a while, I think. Oh, that's why you patch it and switch it up every week. Yeah. I think I think maybe what you what you could have is it's a different sort of control scheme for the um for the hunters. Maybe it's like a like a command and conquer sort of sort oh, of like an RTS of, kind of thing. An RTS just for the hunters, and everyone else is in like a third person or first person sort of sort of thing. So the the hunter, you know, the hunter guy yeah, okay. could actually be selecting his troops and getting them to move over here, and they just take a while to move over there, and then they can start tracking. Yeah, having fogs of war and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, that was just yeah. making me thinking, like make it a bit more asymmetrical. So maybe you get one guy that just controls and like a group of hunters, as you said, like RTS style, and then you got actual players down playing as the prey, down in, in their mm-hmm. first person or third person view. Now we're talking. That's really cool. Yeah, I, I so would play that game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think if there was. I seem to recall there may have been a game I played ages ago that did mix RTS and third person shooter, but I don't think um, it really Battlef- stuck around. Battlefield Two, I think it was Two, had a, a commander role where you just not play as one of the soldiers, but jump into the commander view, watch the map, mm-hmm. and go, "Okay, squad, move over here. This squad, move over here. Okay, I'm sending." Like send bombs over here, and you actually talk and control the people on your side as a commander. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, that's cool. Uh, but I don't think that stuck around for the other games. And I know people that really enjoyed Battlefield Two did miss when it when it didn't return in other games. But yeah, well, it's, it's when you actually had some had some good squad leaders who actually listened to the commander. Yeah. Um, I played in some games where there's the squad leader or the commander just never did anything. And it was like, what the hell? Why, why are you even bothering to be a squad leader? <laughs> yeah. But in this case, it would just be one person controlling, you know, say a group of three hunters or something like that. Um, and, you know, having to select them command and conquer style and, and just yeah. set them, set them in this sort of area. You could set them up to sort of like recon a certain area. And if they saw someone, then shoot. And yeah, so, so you didn't have to actually, um, it was all line of sight sort of stuff. Yeah, but so on one side you've got your yeah, tactics shooter, um, tactics squad based RTS, on the other you've got shooter. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, trying to sneak away as far as you can, setting up traps, and, and you know, depending on how long you've had to set up that trap, depends on, on how much noise and how much disturbance to the ground that you made, and using some of the, some of the RTS sort of stuff, you can see whether there's been tracks or something being run through this area of mud and. Yeah, it could get really deep, yeah. And because you're not relying on the AI, you, you're actually relying on someone to, to go, okay, these are the rules I'm setting up for this hunter as he's standing here. Yeah. And, de- you know, depending on the sort of um, play style of, of the hunter and and also the hunted, it could actually be quite quite cool. Yeah. yeah there's a lot of potential here. Yes. Not really funny, but it's... <laughs> yeah, not, not, not really funny, but yeah, quite cool. Not evil wizard funny, yes. but... Uh, Hunting down humanity for your own entertainment funny. Wait a minute. Yes. Wait a minute. <laughs> Reminds me of that episode of Futurama. <laughs> oh, God. Um, okay, I reckon we should click again. I think so. Uh, three to one click. Ah. Well then. Wrestling. Outfitting. Seller. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> so like wrestling and outfitting works for a WWE game, but seller. Hmm. 
Obviously, we're a okay. shop that makes um, WWE wrestling costumes and sells it to the WWE. Um, okay, so how to make it's, that into a game? <laughs> it, it's actually CWE. It's the Seller Wrestling Foundation or Seller yes. Wrestling Entertainment, well, and it's um, basically you do all these fights in a wine cellar. Yes. So um, basically, you got destructible environments that. Um, like you outfit your your um your people in all these different different clothes, you know you've got full customization, it's a wrestling game, but um as you throw people into like the red wine stack or something like that, if they were white, all of a sudden they're you know covered in red and all that sort of stuff sort of maybe, maybe the, um, you're trying not to get your outfit stained because you know you it's been televised and you want <laughs> you want, you want to, to know you know uh, who, know you, who are you are and then why would you ever and- wear white to this thing? <laughs> <laughs> I could, I'm going to wear a dark red costume so that when I stain it with wine, it doesn't look any different. Well, I guess in that case, you just have uh, different levels where it just... It's like maybe outside the... Like, in the fighting area, there'll be, like, a mud pile that you have to try to push them into in certain levels. Um, <laughs> well, and, uh, it actually could be the whole shtick of it. Instead of it being, like, your typical sort of wrestling where you are aiming for a pin or a submission or something, maybe you are just trying to dirty the other person's outfit with um, with wine as much as you possibly can. And it's just the most expensive waste of grape juice there ever was. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know, maybe you've got some special attacks that you can do if you drink some of them. Yes. Uh, makes you, it, maybe it numbs like the pain so you can do more risky manoeuvres or you can take a bit more before you're, before you're incapacitated. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, but uh, at the same time, you're slower and less coordinated. Yeah, and you, you get that sort of like um, the Grand Theft Auto drunk drunk sort of thing where you're pushing one way and all of a sudden it starts going the opposite way. Um, <laughs> it just ignores your controls for a little bit. Uh, yeah, Inversion controllers, no... <laughs> uh, you've got your taunt button and your character starts slurring all of his taunts because <laughs> he's drunk <laughs> but if you get if you go too far then you start throwing up everywhere and you can use that to dirty up the <laughs> other wrestler's costume <laughs> if you start throwing well no if you throw up you get disqualified there are rules here we are sophisticated this is wine we're wrestling in not beer <sighs> yes <laughs> We're fancy. We've got to go. We've got to go with like it's, the most expensive it, wine you can find as sound, well. You sound like my mother. I can drink oh, as much as I want. <laughs> so I'm just imagining. I'm just imagining these wine cellars are quite varied as as you go through. Like there's some small ones that you know don't have too much wine in. Then there's these massive ones from like these massive mansions which have all these dusty bottles off to the side and you know like five hundred year old perfectly aged wine. Yep. Maybe, maybe even secret passages in some of these wine cellars that, that lead you into unusual rooms. Oh, I know, like a great. sex dungeon or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> the sex dungeon secret level. That'd be concerning. Slips <laughs> and chains. <laughs> <laughs> well, wrestling, wrestling has weapons. Aside from just pulling out wine bottles, what else are you going to use? You whips and chains from the hidden German dungeon. And... I don't know. I don't know what's going laundry, with that. So you can, you, you ah, can yes. launch people into the dryer and... And things like that. You know, it doesn't just have to be sex dungeons. Well, exactly. But you could also, you know, use the hidden launcher to sneakily clean up your outfit, right? Because you are trying to not just enter the other player, but dirty their outfit. So you can get a sneaky clean happening there. And, you know, that's how you restore some health. What? <laughs> you just pour some stain remover on. Yeah. And just yeah. rub it in. It works instantly, doesn't it? So that's I- totally how it works. 
So perhaps they just got like, like hidden like just bleach bottles and stuff hidden around the arena. <laughs> you just got your flash and it's like, ah, oh, dump it on your <laughs> Just dump it on your head. Oh my god. Dump it on your uh, head and uh, after uh, a while uh, your hair goes white. <laughs> that's okay, that's just part of your outfit being cleaner than the rest of it, right? <laughs> um I know, I, I'm saying this is being televised. You you've got you know, different sort of wrestling stars as well. But unlike most wrestling games where you get to choose, you know, any any old wrestler, no, you have to actually build these wrestlers up from the start, which is where the outfitting comes into. Yeah, you have to, you so, have to come up with a costume that is a combination of interesting and eye-catching to the crowd because, I mean, if you don't have fans, then there's no point. You're not going to make any money off merch, right? So you can't just go in and go, oh, I'm going to go all black. Well, because guess what? You know, if you're yeah, both all black, then they don't know who the, the hell they're, that's who the hell they're voting for. So. Meanwhile, you've got, like, white and green stripes. It's like, you're very eye-catching. But at the same time, you have to pay for your cleaners' bills between matches, and you've got to pay for the wine um, wine that you've damaged or used up. Okay. <laughs> what, I, what I'm saying is the, the loser has to, um, oh, that's has better, to yeah. pay for that. So, <laughs> if you win, you, you don't get any, any penalties or anything like that. Um, especially if you, you know, you smash a dusty bottle over, over the guy's head that's worth, a, worth, you know, 15 grand or something like that. <laughs> I, I <think. laughs> uh, and then the final you get or well, even that better you can extend it from just like the wine cellars as well because you get to some of the later levels and it can be in the graveyard or in the vineyard oh yeah so so you're not just like you're throwing them into the source of the wine and just smash grapes all over them <laughs> <laughs> it, it just I, travels I the believe... globe looking for different wine sources <laughs> yeah yeah I, I guess that levels the grapes of wrath level <laughs> Yep. All right. Um, uh, well, we need to modernize this uh, game. We need to stick it with the, you know, with the kids and integrate Twitch streaming and esports into it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. So, uh, yeah. So uh, you were talking about crowd interaction. So instead of having an in-game crowd, the the crowd is the Twitch street um, viewers. And they vote. Oh, well, in that case, do you want to run this through Mixer, right? So yeah, that there we the, go, um, Mixer. So that the, the people watching it can just start throwing wine bottles at whoever they don't like who's fighting. <laughs> and, it, and it adds to the overall cost as well. Oh, God. I'm just imagining, you know, the um, the professional matches out there that, you know, they decide that they don't like this one person and 50,000 bo- wine bottles get thrown <laughs> Instant loss. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see that guy still win. I'd love to see him still win. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, oh dear. Yeah, I like that a lot. Let's uh, let's click again. All right, three, two, one, click. Uh, where is it? There it is. Skyline. Crescent. Minuet. 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 Um, for what I can tell, it's a dance. <laughs> a slow, uh, stately ballroom dance for two in triple. Triple time. Popular, especially in the okay. 18th century. <laughs> in triple so time. So one, two, three. So, one, two, three. Almost yeah. like a waltz. Okay. Yeah. And, okay, so... Minuet, Crescent, I'm seeing and- this as... It's a multiplayer game. One player plays the sun. One player plays the moon. Ooh. And it's it's the dance of, of, the, of the two celestial objects. Um, and... Pretty much, your um, the moon's whole idea is to try and go uh, when it, when it gets to a full moon, you know, intersect and and be, you know, eclipse the sun. That's its that's its wind condition, and um, the sun's wind condition is to um, try and. Um, oh, I'm just trying to think, trying to think what the yeah. sun's wind condition is. 
I'm a little lost here. So yours was Celestia, was it? No, Skyline. Skyline. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Yep. And I was thinking yeah. Crescent as Crescent Moon, and then yeah, that works. And Skyline works as, with as that. the as the dance that they sort of they sort of do. <laughs> well, then perhaps um, this perhaps the sun's wind condition is to keep the skyline illuminated as long as it possibly can. Okay. Yep. Because I mean, if the moon's attempt if if the moon is attempting to become a full moon then, you know, you have to have the passage of time. And so the passage of days and night cycles happening. The sun doesn't want that. The sun wants to stay up and, and heat light everything forever. There is forever, perhaps. So I'm, I'm wondering what the controls for this would be. I, I'm thinking you could actually have with the sun, they, they've got some sort of gravity powers so they can sort of um, knock, knock, the, um, knock the earth sort of out of alignment again and all these different sort of sort of things rather than directly controlling the sun maybe you're actually controlling the earth and it's from this one one particular point so one person controls the moon one person controls the earth and and it's almost a strategy game of of trying to trying to change the alignment of the earth through through gravity pulses to yes yeah, so it's sort of doing opposing I, I guess yeah just opposing maneuvers and so if you happen to manage to make them complementary maneuvers and time may well pass and so the moon is progressing towards their wind condition mm-hmm. because you want a certain amount of time to pass so that you can hit so you can hit your full moon meanwhile the sun's just trying to stall it for for uh, a undetermined undeter- predetermined value amount of time and so one is trying to kind of go with the other while the other's trying to stop it perhaps, but no one can see what the other person's doing yep. until you see the results in games. So kind of a, kind of a weird dance where one person doesn't want to and the other person's trying to turn everything that the other person's doing into that dance move, almost. Like an ebb and flow kind of feel. Yep. Uh, so now I'm just wondering whether the, um, whether the game should actually be you've got two people standing on, on the earth and they're, and they're the, they find out that they're the representations of, of the of the moon and sun, and they've actually got to work together. Yeah. Like in in like, um, if one person moves one way, then the other person has to has to try and follow the movements and that sort of stuff. If it if it's a, a a cooperative game instead of instead of it being a um a fighting sort of game of of you know the moon's trying to win, maybe they're trying to actually get everything in alignment. Oh yeah, so perhaps they are. Yeah, so they are trying to work together, but they don't know what the other person's doing. Yep. Both, they both perhaps make their moves at the same time, and then the next few seconds show the results of what happened, and so they're trying to act off the information they have to complement the other person's manoeuvres. So I'm imagining this needs to be a um, Nintendo Switch game, and the HD Rumble Joy needs cons. to be like, <laughs> and really controls. amazing, and tells you which it's sort of, you tell via feel as to which way... You have to actually move the um, move the controller, so it's oh, strictly yeah. a, a movement based sort of thing that you feel the movement. So therefore, you got to go in that direction. And so it turns into a dance because you do have to kind of feel what your partner is doing and go with it rather than yep. against. So it is kind of this is really cool. Yeah. <laughs> For ages, and I was like, how, "How like was the sun moving?" I was like, "How can we make this entertaining?" Because to me, it sounded boring. But no, this is yeah. starting to sound <laughs> more interesting. Yeah. Oh, believe me. It was I, all I, high I concept. I going somewhere, yeah, but then I'm like, this is how game design goes. High concept. <laughs> yes. You start yeah. with the high concept idea, and then you go, then you go really deep into the nitty gritty and throw away everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the game concept has a very romantic feel to it, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. I, I feel like the art style would have to kind of be minimal to complement that. Yep. Kind of beautiful like minimal, skyline. Beautiful so we'll skyline. Um, you know, 
beautiful crescent moon at the start and maybe the the better that um the better that you actually dance and get in get in tune with each other the um the more full the moon actually gets yeah yeah and perhaps you start getting things like um you know flower blossom storms and things like the better you're doing like more and more flourishes as the whole dance progresses and the music uh, have the music yeah. improve and, and reach a crescendo as you're succeeding more and more and, and just make it as beautiful yeah. as you can. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was just thinking, like, because we'll talk about how before, like, we have this, maybe as a Switch game, so each person will have a controller and it's going to be, like, what sort of, like, for leader where one person's doing movements and the other person's going to try to follow that movement in a sort of rhythmic dance. Now, we're going to probably make this so, like, if... Like, you're obviously watching the other partner, kind of like how they try to do their one, two, three switch, but obviously we'll design it better. Um, and yep. anyway, you're doing, you know, this whole dance <laughs> scene, and, you know, as you're progressing, as you guys are saying, it's doing this scene, um, but it's, like, you know, building up the scene. So when you do finish, you get to watch the replay and see maybe the characters somewhat copy what you're doing, somewhat, see how, like, how you can actually do that, but actually see them, see them grow and see what you've done after you've finished playing sort of like a replay so you can so, watch yeah. that scene fold out and it's all its beauty afterwards yeah because if you're watching each other then you don't see it yeah good point given that the switch doesn't actually have real inbuilt voice uh talking between between friends and that sort of stuff yeah it's an online only game oh, okay so you don't actually have any con- <laughs> communication with them so you have to rely on you have to actually rely on the feel oh, okay so yeah so each person will have to actually have to have two controls in their hands and yeah, yep. it's translating those feels. So have- yeah, okay, I get it. So that's gonna be yeah. A- so it is like a proper. So it is like a proper waltz without seeing anything of what the other person's doing. It- and I mean, I'm not yep. not 100 percent sure how they're online. Like they're doing an app for voice chat, but I don't know if that's like per game or whether you do a party chat separate. So um, I believe I believe it's through a phone as well, which is just it is definitely through a phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can I can see what they're going for with that, but that would be interesting because even if you did get the voice chat working, you still can't see what they're doing. And in a dance kind of thing, talking someone through a dance while you're doing the dance with them, just vocally, still makes it incredibly difficult. So the online only sounds really cool. I don't know whether you guys actually know this, but I am a ballroom dance teacher. <laughs> oh um, wow! Wow! Yeah. Uh, I've been doing it for years. I that's right. I play heavy metal. I do boring <laughs> dancing, and I'm also a podcast host. Um, Man of many yeah, talents. So it it can be incredibly hard to actually talk someone through while you're trying to also do it at the same time. So I don't think it would really you know make it make it um, too hard. But I just think the challenge of actually having to rely on the actual feel of the controllers, yeah. and you can feel when like. If, if you feel some pressure in this hand, then you've got to do something with this hand. Well, and you feel some pressure in the left hand, you do some left... Well, that's the thing. With the HD, do something yeah, with the left. With the HD rumble, so what you do is you can, um, at the start of the game, you go, okay, you have to be in this default side position. So they both have to start in the same position. And then, obviously, it'll, I guess, randomize goes who's the, the leader and who's the follower. And the thing is, as mm-hmm. like they, like one person will say, move like right hand up, they feel in the controller of the right hand, uh, the rumble will actually push upwards on the controller signaling for the follower yep. to move their that hand upwards yeah because i think you've got to have a leader and a follower yeah yeah um and and maybe um in in say round one you've got um you're the leader and round two you're the follower so it actually judges you both based on how well you actually le- led and then followed and then yeah. you get then you get the beautiful scenery and all that sort of stuff. And I don't know. All the, all the really not so beautiful scenery if you fuck up too badly. 
Oh, yeah. Fire and brimstone if you totally yeah, fuck yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. You did badly, so you destroyed the earth because you the sun was out for too long and just burnt it. Yeah. I, I think that's a good idea so, just to give a bit, of a, a bit of an entertaining twist to it. It's like, if you did really badly, yeah. <laughs> and perhaps I'm late. And if you recover it, then, yeah, you like maybe perhaps rebuild this uh this destroyed earth halfway through the game and then re- and this, re- reach a neutral point. This destroyed skyline. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and that's just got the sky literally cracked in half. <laughs> and then and then it just sort of repairs and, and starts to look beautiful again once you succeed. Uh, mm, yeah, I I really like that. I think, you know, if if we made that a, a nice cheap um game, like maybe five dollars on on the Switch store, people would buy it and they'd play it. And yeah, I can imagine that would be somewhere along the lines of one of those like games like Journey or Flower, where it's just a really like ends up being a beautiful style game, very simplistic. You know what? I want that game company to make this game. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that'd be awesome. Surely they, they listen. That's great styling. Surely, Surely they're listening. Yeah, of course they do. Guys, of course they do. Make this game. Sponsor I us. want them. <laughs> <laughs> I want to play okay. this game. Let's click again. Sure. <laughs> Three to one click. Oh, but yeah, that one really started off very, for me, off, like, just where the heck are we going with this? And then turned into something beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll try to edit it down as quickly as possible. <laughs> <laughs> so we can get to the meat of it. Ah, so I got wow. I got mishap. Oh, wow, that manic. works well. Why? Manic. I got, manic. Oh, manic. manic. I got disability. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> 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 Paul's immediately concerned. <laughs> well, you got mishap, so you've got a disability due to a mishap. Um, um, oh god! Well, wow. just just because just because you just because you're saying mishap and disability, it doesn't have to be you know the typical um, disability of someone being disabled. Not it's, it's, it's it can just be um, say it was a a crowd game in which. Um, whole heap of people are in this in this area. Um, something happens, and whether it's a, an earthquake or something like that, and you know everyone starts getting manic. Your whole the whole thing is, can you get out of this area without being disabled by by what it, whatever but whatever's nature happening. It is. So it's some kind um, of like, for some like reason, a disaster movie survival game. Some reason I've got quick time events, which is bad. No. No, Paul. <laughs> and then my next yeah, thought no, was... No, naughty, uh, naughty, Paul. Now, and then my next thought was, oh, you're looking for a lost child. Jason! 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 <laughs> Jason. Uh, but no. <laughs> well, that's what you said, crowd, yeah. yeah. Um, but actually, that could be interesting if you've got, say... Okay, to bring up Player Unknown's Battlegrounds again, right? So, yeah. so you do the thing where you get, like, 90 to 100 people, but you throw them into an area and then have whatever disaster happens... And have mm-hmm. people try to survive the disaster in whatever way they can. And they can team up to help each other, or they could throw each other under the bus. And it's kind of almost like a social experiment slash game. And <laughs> yeah. your goal is to survive, so, but the whole group does better if more people do, perhaps. Yeah, so I'm, I'm seeing it as, um, you know, people can be disabled in the game. As in, you know, can be can be brought down, but you can revive them. Um, yeah. And maybe the whole group gets more points depending on how many people actually escape. But there's mishaps and stuff that happens. Say, say, um, in this particular game, all of you are, are at a, I don't know, we'll just say a concert. And then a massive, um, a massive monster comes in <laughs> and starts stomping, stomping the, the crowd. Then everyone's got to sort of get out of, out of the way. But as you, as you're running, like there's, um, a fire hydrant explodes and, 
and you know water's going up everywhere and it it slows you down and um i don't yeah. know you could you could just have different mishaps happen within the city that you're trying to escape from yeah and we just as well as a sort of big thing so yeah um i can see some of the entertainment being in this speed having different types of uh, scenarios so as you said maybe monster one could be an earthquake one could be a tidal wave one could be a volcano a twister, twister. And I think um, that would shock Sharknado. Sharknado, yeah. <laughs> so that's where we go. We go very um, silly with some of these, just to make it that yeah. enter- that that's the entertainment factor of this. Just being silly with the disasters we could have. This is just reminding yeah. me of like when I used to play SimCity as a kid, and I would always just like load one of the preloaded cities and then just set Godzilla in. Well, there you go. That, that, yeah. um, Except we- you've got that, but you're in the city and trying to get out. <laughs> so I'm I'm thinking that the longer it goes on the more mishaps happen, you know, maybe you get to a certain area of the city and you, you think that you've actually escaped from um, from the Godzilla, but because a whole heap of you are, are condensed in one, one place, um, the AI behind it decides, you know what, I'm going to send in, you know, aliens, you know, <laughs> in this particular area. So you've got facehuggers and stuff like that, creating more, you know, manic scenarios. I'm just... Okay. Imagining, you know, how many how many things you could actually add in at the same time to make this more manic. We could probably Perhaps use. Um, it keeps and- running and running until everyone's disabled and it's like, <laughs> and everyone's collective score is how long you last. Hmm. I was just thinking with the whole like design, like when to send more f- stuff at the players. Like, remember the AI director for Left 4 Dead using something similar to that, oh. where it's like, okay, oh, they yeah. haven't like had this for a while, so let's throw more of this at. Like things that live, like like more aliens or whatever, or more mishaps. It's like okay, we've done enough to them for now. Let's uh, give them some supplies or some stuff to help them, you know, recuperate for a little bit before throwing more crap at them. So um, yeah, yeah. So I'm just wondering what the sort of gameplay is. I don't. I think kind of similar to the um, to the hunting game. I think if if you actually you know were able to knock people down, then that's um, Maybe you get points deducted for that. Maybe it's it's supposed it's supposed to be this whole thing of, you know, you're trying to help people out. Um, but throwing them under the bus is probably not the not the best way of, yeah. um, of actually so, playing this game. So yeah, perhaps you're in so a situation the, where one person's uh, one person's death saves like fifteen others, and then you've got that moral dilemma. Yeah. Um, so I'm just imagining that in this game you've got like the morality meter, and if you um. If you if you screw over too many people, then you get deducted. But you know, screwing over one or two is is okay as long as you know it it helps more people. So it's it's that sort of thing that the um the system will actually decide if you know what you did was for the greater good. Yeah, yes, yeah, so, so it's kind of like the ends justify the means occasionally. So what I was thinking, maybe um, putting in like maybe not a time limit, but putting pressures on where they have to be forced to move very quickly. But at the same time, be careful of, as you said, have that morale system where they don't want to be running over people at the same time. But I want to make that pressure where they want to do that, they want to run over people, but we penalise them for it. So, I don't know, I think that makes it a bit interesting where it's like, it creates that sort of panic of, we need to get over here now, (laughs) but there's all these people my way. Like, what can I do? It's like, so you get the choice of, like, try to rally them together and actually work together and move if they're, if we're saying we're putting into, like, a, you know, multiple people, like, actually playing at once. Um, or, you know, just try to screw them over. But at that point, you know, you lose points. 
So you might win at the end, but, you know, you might have the least amount of points. I don't know. Yeah, so did you really win? Yeah. <laughs> I'm imagining um, in this one particular scenario, you and a whole heap of other people happen to find a bus, and the bus can happily seat, you know, say 30 people. But the more that you go over that... The um the slower the bus becomes because it, the engine can't actually handle that, so it'll it'll um it'll go you know close close to top speed at, at like thirty people on on board. But if you go thirty one thirty two, you get more degrading degrading speeds of the bus. So sure. your greater good is you know if you're if you're trying to get away from say the Godzilla. If if you only had say twenty five people on that bus, you could have actually got away, but because you had thirty three people on it, you know, you you were just slow enough and Godzilla picked it up and killed all thirty <laughs> thirty three yeah. of you. Or whatever. I, I I think that would um that would be a you know, a greater good sort of situation of, you know, you get more people out of the city than you would have if by, you had too many on the bus. This particular thing. And of course it doesn't have to necessarily be, okay, this is this is your scenario straight away. Like it could actually be you start you start in a um in an office building and a fire starts. So your first thing is everyone's got to get out of the building. So they're all trying to run down the, the fire escape and all that sort of stuff. But then when you get out there and there's only X number of cars and, and stuff to get away from this fire, maybe the people who are left behind, all of a sudden there's a zombie plague. <laughs> so, so you know you've you've got that sort of that sort of pressure as well. Oh yeah, you have have like an escalating series of things. Yeah, like, okay, there's a fire in this building, but it was caused by the zombies, right? So that's when the zombies come mm-hmm. in, and then well, the zombies were caused by aliens coming and shooting people with their ray guns. Yeah, and then, like <laughs> they're zombification guns or something. I don't know, and it just slowly escalates into some complete shit show where you're trying to get out. Well, I think in game yeah, design, yeah. design, it's usually best uh, sets of threes. So I guess you'll have three scenarios. So you start off in your office building. It could be a random little disaster, like a small disaster, like a fire or. Um, I don't know, an earthquake maybe. So you have to find, get your exit out of the building. That's your first disaster. And when you exit, you've got another random disaster which connects to that first disaster, as you said, zombie or maybe Godzilla or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, oh, I guess how can we put it that way? Because that, I was like, that's obviously trying to exit maybe the city or trying to get, maybe trying to find transport to try to get out. Okay. And then the third scenario is then exiting the city with that transport. Okay, so what if we did it that there are X number of evacuation spots at all these different places throughout throughout the um this city. Yep. Yeah. So you've got say um thirty people can be evacuated on by helicopter in um in say Central Park. And then another thirty can be evacuated by um by boat down down at this marina over here. And the remaining 40 people can be evacuated by bus over here. But you've got people who are, who are literally going to be trying to run to these, um, these things and then find out that there's no space left on that. And they've got to try and find space on, on one of the other things. And that's where you could actually have a bit of fun with, you know, um, with the extra people with, on the bus or whatever. With, yeah. Oh, even, even the, the panic that comes with oh crap! I'm counting and I've, I see there's thirty, there's thirty one people here. I need to get a spot on this, otherwise I've got to run all the way across city to get into the other thing. And there's zombies that way, so I'm kind of fucked. And yeah. and so I know you've you could have quite a bit of fun with that. And then that's when we see the truth of humanity and watch them all start turning on each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. Pretty It'd be enough. an interesting social experiment of a game, if nothing else. It would be. So we'll click again. Okay. Cool. Three to one click. Workplace. Oh, 
Salutation. <laughs> it's only workplace. Oh. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. We both got workplace. That's awesome. Oh, that's great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I got salutation. So, workplaces and salutations. Should I, re- yes. should, should so, I refresh once we get a different word? <laughs> No, no, no. I, I think we. I think the universe is saying that we need to go with two different workplaces. Yeah, yeah. and that means there has to be two workplaces in this somewhere. Um, uh, so, well then, what what I'm seeing is this this person works two maybe um, two jobs. So now think of the game and, titles called yeah. Moonlighter. Moonlighter. It could be, and <laughs> yeah. and you're um, you got different titles depending on depending on um, where you are. So you've got to you've got to remember th- throughout the day you you. Sort of doing a um, running between the two different jobs that you're doing, and you've got to oh, greet yeah, different people, and it's sort of a memory game. So it can just be mobile game or something like that. But it's like, okay, you're at job one, and you've met this person before. Okay, so you start remembering that person's name, and you've got to actually remember which work you're at to do your your email signatures and that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah memory and, game, and make sure that you know call the boss by the right right name, or if you're doing the actual right task in. Say one of them has a uniform and the other one doesn't. You've got to be in the right clothes for the job, mm-hmm. depending so, on which one you're remember, at. Remember the um that typical movie trope where where people are running between two different dates. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm picturing that this is you're running between two works, <laughs> and and so you you you're literally trying to remember the the little details of um of okay your boss at this at this work, um he's got two kids. And your boss at this work, um, his wife died and they didn't have kids. And so if you bring up the whole, the whole thing about kids to this boss, you know, he gets really angry. <laughs> well, suspicious. You like, what do you want about so, And even better, yeah. you've got to try and remember the boss's schedules as well so that you're in the workplace when the boss is going to see you in the right place. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, otherwise they're going to know something's up or like you've gone off somewhere. Maybe occasionally you can call in a sickie or something. So, you know, you've got an easier day at the other work, but you've then got to make sure you're not seen by anyone who works at the other office. Yep. So we could make this a bit of a management as well. So as, as you said, like you, you may maybe take sick days off so you can work more at the other place, but also at the same time, maybe you have a, I'd hate to say energy bar because I hate energy bars, especially in mobile times. Yeah. But I guess speed a mobile title, it needs energy bar. Um, you're going to also um, manage like your, your own sleep because you're working two jobs at once. So you need to work out um, when you can sneak in, sleep, maybe even sleep during work um, and stuff like that. I, I, I'm thinking that you're working at two competing offices at a nine to five job and you've just got to show up and laugh <laughs> to both of them and make sure you're not caught working at the other one by anyone who's works in another yeah, office. And- I think so. And... Um- I think kind of Five Nights at Freddy style, like you know how in that you've got it. You later on in the game, you've got to like be be getting a few different um, uh, what's it called? So um, like you, you, you're looking at a few so. different cameras at the start, and then 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 as you go on, you've you've got okay, this one's going on the fritz, so you have got to do something over here while keep, keeping attention on this. I'm thinking if if more things start going wrong over say the over say the week, um, because maybe you're you're transitioning to this new job. Uh, and yeah, so you've got like you, two weeks or something where you've got an overlap. Yeah, so you you got two weeks in the overlap, and at first you think, oh, this will be easy. I'll just I'll put this uh, both email accounts on my phone so I can just get them. But um, then you know you you get time limits to to um, respond to the um, to the messages, and you got to sort of remember what your boss's name is from that job and 
and all that sort of stuff. And you can maybe have it so that you, you accidentally send it from the wrong the wrong account, and <laughs> you do too many stuff ups like that. I don't know. I, you I get, found you that. Could yeah. actually, you get fired, yeah. and therefore you can't make payments on the house, and you got to start it all over. Well, again. <laughs> the other thing there is, if you're starting a new job, you want to make a good impression on your new workers, but you also don't want to give the unprofessional. Well, I've got two weeks left. I'm just going to do bugger all at like the old one, right? Otherwise, I won't give you a good yep. reference. So, or they'll won't give you your redundancy payment or whatever, right? So yep. you've got to try and you do definitely have to keep both up. But I'm wondering if you bring in a system kind of like the Dead Rising games where you have these events happening at the different times. So you've got to make sure you make this meeting or... Oh, yeah. You, or yeah, choose, so gotta, choose which meeting you need to turn up to. So yeah. if you if you um, you have that real morality of, okay, if I, if I turn up to this meeting over here um, for, the, for the new job, it's not as important as there's this other meeting over here because the other meeting is like a transition meeting that you that you've got to transfer some knowledge to them and you can hurt hurt the new job and but at the same time it um, looks really bad on your new job if you're shirking meetings on your first day hmm. or you've got to go to your like farewell party on the last day of your old job but at the same time you've got an important client meeting at the new one <laughs> <laughs> I, I quite like that idea <laughs> um, it, it again could be rather manic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's the point of this, though. I think that I, I think we've kind of gotten into too big for a mobile game, but yeah. But at the same point, you could always make this a PC or console thing. Yeah, I was just originally thinking of of a mobile game because it it didn't seem to have too much story in it, but now it seems to have a lot more. <laughs> that it that it all of a sudden becomes a it goes away from from that mobile game and has comes more a, a, a narrative sort of game. So and then hard you know, mode, you they, they can come up with. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, hard, hard mode is you've got to do like you've got one office job that you're leaving, one that you're starting. You've got a part-time job at McDonald's for petrol money, and you're doing Uber as well. <laughs> uh, you, you're doing Uber during your lunch hour, <laughs> yeah. and on your way home from work or from one job to the other, and yep. <laughs> I've okay, got to dash from this office to the other one, so I may as well take someone there. Oh my god! Just gonna make so, sure that so they're just not added someone crazy you work with that I've in there. Yes, I love crazy taxi. <laughs> okay, let's click again for last time. <laughs> Three to one click. Preservative. Thresh. Bravado. So, what was yours there, Paul? Thresh. Thresh. Yeah. As in T H R E S H. Yes. Okay. What the hell is Thresh mean? <laughs> what the hell is that other than a character in League of Legends? Um, I believe it's kind of like that small scythe because it says um. Separate, separate corn from, um, you know, corn or uh, other crops. Typically with a flail, uh, yeah, flail or by the action of revolving mechanisms. So it seems to be a tool that is used for cutting up grain. Okay, cool. Um, and bravado sure. is obviously bravery and that sort of stuff. Yep. And uh, what um, was your what was yours again? Preservative. Uh, so preservative. I think maybe we could turn this to a sort of horror game. Where, you know, some sort of um, hunter or murderer is hunting down players or something like that with, you know, a thresh. Some sort of tool. I don't know. <laughs> throwing out ideas. Um, yep. um, I guess. Throwing, uh, throwing out ideas. Um, well, actually, thresh is a verb to separate, like, the act of separating grain from corn. Well, there we go, yeah. Or grain from... Yeah, so, yeah. Well, so... He's... Well, well there you go, it's a... Maybe he I'm believes dumb. you're a grain, and so he's trying to separate parts of you from the other parts of you. <laughs> <laughs> so your sentient corn 
Oh, I played a game with sentient corn the other week, man. Maze. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that game is weird. Uh, anyway. Yeah, it is. That's a sequel to Maze, then, where you are actually destroying every character from that game. Um, oh, I was actually thinking <laughs> that you, you were the sentient corn and you're always under under threat of of being eaten. <laughs> yeah. And preserved. Yeah, like eaten and preserved. Oh, no. Well, and well, if you're, if you're sentient corn, you're under threat of be- being made into popcorn. Yep. Right? And, and preserved. so, you know, you gotta, you gotta show some bravery. So what sort of, what sort of game is it going to be? Is it going to be like a, um, one of those crazy platformer, you know, like the Super Meat Boy sort of crazy platformer? <laughs> <game? laughs> oh, the, the death platformer. Oh, um, yeah. Cause you just have all these different, like, yeah. Equipment around oh, it's that. All the machinery. Yeah, it's just all different machinery that is threshing you. So, mm-hmm. so is this really just super corn boy? <laughs> like, is that is that what we're building here? Because I'm okay if I'm, it is. I'm thinking so. <laughs> I'm thinking so. So, um, you know, you've got. I'm just wondering: are, are you trying to um, trying to get away from, you know, someone who's trying to you know, put butter and salt on you and, and basically turn you into into an awesome popcorn popcorn treat. And well, that's what I'm imagining the game over the screen is. The game over the screen is the person sitting down and eating popcorn or something or that's <laughs> the, the game over the screen is just like a, a movie theatre and just a bucket of popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> so, like your so your father game. works exclusively for Hoyts. And it's a supply of all of their popcorn. So the start of the game, you're you're just a piece of piece of corn in the field, and then they send through like you know a, a massive threshing machine that just sort of cuts all the grain and, and sends it into the warehouse, and then you know you're actually in, in the factory where where they're trying to prepare the um prepare the popcorn. So your whole thing is to try and escape the factory, but in in each part of the level you're each level that you're in, you, you're trying to escape the, the buttering and salting, salting process. Yeah. And, and, pa- and perhaps stopping you have from, some... from getting heated too much. And, ah, oh, yes. Yeah, so you can have like fires and stuff in the level. If you get too close to too much and now you just instantly pop. <laughs> yep. And because I think because you're a full, a full stalk, you can get X close to it, you know, um, yeah, you can get oh. away with it for a little while. Just not don't jump into it, but kind of like the iron bread, um, Thing of, mechanic you know, or whatever, you dirtiness a, thing. A, a percentage of of dirtiness, you know, a percentage of of um, cookedness and all that sort of stuff in that game. Or you can have, you know, a percentage of kernels popped, <laughs> and, or or dried out, or whatever it is to um I'm, to I'm, actually become the popcorn kernels. Yeah, so I'm you, thinking you're trying you get, to escape all that. I'm thinking you also like after a while, maybe if you're taking too long to be at a level, someone kind of cottons onto the fact that you're sent into trying to escape and starts chasing you. <laughs> and so that's that's your that's your hurry up thing. You got this crazy farmer chasing behind you, just with with this flamethrower almost to, to instantly pop you or something. So maybe it's like an infinite runner. Um, <laughs> it's it an is- infinite runner that has crazy crazy things like like Super Meat Boy, except it just it's. Um, not fully randomized, but it's it's sort of that sort of random. R- randomized random to a point where you scenario. can survive, but it's not going to be the same every time. Yeah, 
And yeah. depending on how far you get depends on, you know, the, um, you know, it'll say, oh, look, you, you survived X, X amount of time at, at 90% of, um, of your kernels popped. Therefore, you get a, a bravery award or whatever it is. And <laughs> you're going for, for the different awards as, as you play through it. Cause rather than it just being a straight Super Meat Boy clone, it'd be better to have, have like those sort of crazy mechanics, but in a, in a continuous, continuous game. Yeah, kind of twists it a bit too. And perhaps you unlock other characters later on, because you've got to have more than just like your one. Yeah, so you, you have right? different grains and uh, crops that you could unlock during the game. <laughs> yeah. And then you have your secret character um, of Meat Boy that you unlock. <laughs> <laughs> steak Boy. And you call it Steak like, Boy. <laughs> yeah. Super Steak Boy. <laughs> I was thinking the secret level would be a popcorn yes. chicken. I was, I was just thinking like a secret level where it changes <laughs> up to a slaughterhouse with a Steak Boy. But then there will be obviously... Starts off obviously as a cow. Obviously then start looking very close to, you know, we're already ripping off Meat Boy, so <laughs> might as well just still go all the way. <laughs> if you're going to do it, do it properly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm now, now picturing like... The start of that is maybe you're you're a cow that's just sort of running and you know jumping off the walls and all that sort of stuff, and then you know if if you get caught too much, then you know parts of the meat <laughs> run away. <laughs> oh, and then you're like a two-legged cow just trying to escape with oh, the what's no. left of him. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, that's, that's kind of that, that that's got kind of quickly. Yes, that's that's yes. horrifying. <laughs> you said you wanted a horror game, Paul. I did. I did. This is true. <laughs> this is yes. Oh, dear. Bit... Let's turn it back down so to picture... cartoony hilariousness again, shall we? So I'm picturing that we've got um, we've got um, leaderboards to see who who's got the furthest. Um, unlike most infinite runners, there is actually a um, an end part to the level. It's just maybe you know quite a long way away from from the starting position. And you're trying to get there with the um, with the most amount of kernels intact. The yeah, perhaps. So it's level. like a two minute run or something. And every time you make it, that's when you unlock a new character, and that's how you get your, sort of your different levels and stuff. So and and the levels are kind of randomised. So yeah, I'm I'm seeing it sort of like a you can you can maybe have you know an infinite running mode to see how, how far you got, but in story mode you you've got you know the factory is you've got. Um, you know, unlimited time to escape, but you—it's—it's it's so long. You know, maybe an well, equivalent yeah. to to what a kilometer would be for us. Yeah, and yeah, um, yeah, and then perhaps in this story mode section, you can have maybe every five levels have a maybe maybe a boss. So maybe like a like a yep. sentient piece of machine that's trying to like you're stuck in one of these sentient piece of machines trying to pop you, and you're going to defeat it somehow before you move on to the next running level. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm I'm wondering if what. Um, I'm still stuck on the sort of um, changing characters as well. So perhaps you have like your five levels, and then you know you've done it as popcorn. You go away, you beat your popcorn machine, and so your next character is sort of a grain of wheat and they're escaping from being made bread or something. And so you've got a different sort of factory and different um, pitfalls, different sort of way, different things trying to kill you in different ways. Yep. Uh, and then you've got a different kind of boss. And then after that, you've got the chicken trying to avoid becoming popcorn chicken. And then you've got your <laughs> Yeah, and you just got all these different, <laughs> so you keep changing it up. Yeah, di- different different characters means different different food levels that yeah different that, different um, enemies you're trying to things. escape from. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, I think that's about 
all we've got time for today. Yeah, cool. Thank you both for joining us here on BitStorm today. Thanks for having us. So everyone can find us at BitStorm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're BitStormcast on all of those. Please get in contact with us. Let us know any ideas that you that you may have had for the for the prompts that we we just totally skipped over and you were just yelling at your podcast going come on talk about this <laughs> we're on itunes so rate review subscribe there check out our website bistoncast.com uh, i'd like to thank crudust for our theme song mount defiance off of the album containment failure uh, you can also find us on podchaser podchaser.com if you haven't signed up there use the beta key bitstorm or well inconsolables the inconsolables <laughs> so we're both we're, we're all on Podchaser, um, <laughs> so check us out there. Give it, give us a rating there. Rate the podcast, rate the episodes, leave us a review. That'd be awesome. And you can find the Inconsolables and a whole heap of other awesome podcasts on the AGPN, the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. Uh, check it out on either Twitter at hashtag AGPN or the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook. So, guys, how can all our listeners contact you guys? So, you can find us on Facebook at Inconsolables Podcasts. You can find us on Twitter at Inconsolables AU and um, just Inconsolables on SoundCloud and iTunes and we're also on um, Stitcher. We're also on Podchaser, all of that. Give us a subscribe. Come, come say hi. If you, if you can find me personally at Calgo on Twitter, K A L G A R, Paul, and they can find me on Twitter at Thunderbase AUS. Awesome. So, yeah. well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you guys on today as my guest hosts. Um, I'm Trevor Scott. I'm Andrew Natoli. I'm Paul Cunningham. A wrestling gang based in a wine cellar. I'd play that. That was strange. <laughs> We haven't started yet. <laughs> got, to, got to intro the podcast first, and you're going to have to click again. <laughs> so you just wasted it. <laughs> Paul, you wasted your manure. I know. I, th- I, I think we got. You're just giving me an outtake for the for the end of the um, for the end of the episode, though. <laughs> See, I do good.